Keep your Bibles out here. We're going to look again at our text. Uh, when I think about uh, the, the uh, title of the message tonight and the sermon that I'm going to uh, speak, let's go ahead and look at our text, Second Peter 3, verse 17 and 18. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. Now think about that. We're talking about the saved, beloved. And he's talking about not, not believers that uh, don't know. There are people that get saved and they never get planted in church. They never uh, are under the, the tutelage or mentorship uh, of another believer. They don't get involved in church and they just never grow. And when, when that's the case, uh, very, very seldom do you see people, uh, if they don't get plugged into church, uh, usually they will not grow as a believer. But that's not who he's talking about. He's talking about those who know these things, those that have been taught, who have been instructed, who know the ways of the Lord. And he's, he's warning them, Beware, lest ye be being led away with the error of the wicked. There is a group that's going the wrong way, and if you're not careful, you'll be one of them. That's what he's saying. Think about, look, look around you tonight. There are a lot of empty seats. And I'm not saying everybody that it has not been here has gone away from the error of the way. But if the ones had not gone along with the error of the wicked, we couldn't, we couldn't hold everybody. There are people that have been strong in the faith that no longer believe. There are people who have, who have been solid and something has happened in life, whether it was a tragedy that came into their own life, whether it was a group of people that they've allowed to influence them, but something happened. And Paul is saying, beware. Why? Lest ye being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. He's saying, right now you're strong. Right now you're steadfast. Right now you know what you believe. Guys, is there something funny back there? Because I'm not preaching on anything funny right now. He is, he is talking about, he is talking about truth. He is, he is talking about uh, he is talking about people that are falling away uh, from the truth. And, and with that, that falling away from the truth, he said they have, they have fallen away from their own steadfastness. This is tragic. It is tragic when people who know better fall away. It's tragic because it's not just them. You never fall by yourself. No man lives to himself. No man dies to himself. Nobody goes away from following Christ by themselves. Somebody's watching you. Somebody's going to go with you. Mom, dad, if it's you, you've got kids right behind you. You got grandkids. And you might not have grandkids yet, but hopefully you do. Maybe we could just skip that generation of kids and just go right to grandkids. It'd be great. Just kidding. But, but you, have, you have those grandkids, and you might, that might not even be the case right now, but it's coming. And we've got to make sure that we need to beware. We need to beware so that we don't, 
we're not led away. We don't fall away from our own steadfastness. So what is the, what is the cure? What is, what is the remedy to keep us from falling away? Verse 18. Isn't it amazing? God's got the answers. And it's, it's not hidden. It's not a mystery. Verse 18, but grow in grace. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. We've got to grow. Now, for those of you that have been saved five years or longer, how many of you have been saved five years or longer? That right there, you're, you are on dangerous ground. It should be that when somebody's saved for five years or longer, they should be stronger. But there's something that happens when you've been saved for five years or longer. Sort of like when you've been married for five years or longer. You start taking things for granted. You start taking your husband, your wife for granted. And you start to float. It's dangerous. They didn't get to 53 years on accident. They didn't get to 53 years because life was easy for them. They just didn't have any problems. No, they worked at it. Or at least Miss Linda worked at it. I don't know about Brother Perry. (laughs) But if you've been saved for any period of time, if you're going to grow in grace, it's on purpose. Do you remember when you first got saved? Everything was new. I mean, I'd walk into church, and no matter what the preacher preached, I was getting something that I had never heard before. I mean, it was just all new. You, you end up having your first uh, revival uh, a week of revival services, and man, you're, you're at church every night. And it was just like, wow, I can't believe this. And you have special speakers, and you have all these different things that go on, and it's all fresh. But after you've been there for a while... Yeah, this is missionary, missions conference number 65. Been there, done that. If we're not careful, it won't mean anything. All right, preacher, I've already heard this message. Yep, you have. But it's not the ones that we don't know that we have problems with. The ones that we know. 1960, Vince Lombardi, he was the coach for the Green Bay Packers. He finished up a game. Hey, they, were, they were a championship team, and uh, they, they, walked, they walked out of that uh, game as losers. They should not have lost that game. He comes back in the next season. 65 players, is that what it was? 65 players on the team? NFL professional players. And he walks in and he makes one of the most quoted phrases in sports. He holds up a football and he says, Gentlemen, this is a football. And he said, We are going back to basics. And he won three championships in a row, five championships in his, uh, in his career as he was finishing up with Green Bay. But he had to get back to the basics. You know what, Christian? We've got to get back to the basics. Back to the basics. I'm not going to teach you anything new tonight but don't turn me off. What I am going to, we are going to address are going to be things that you have already heard me say. But I'm speaking to all of us, myself included. 
Because if we are going to grow in grace, we've got to work at it. We've got to work at it. So, back to the basics and let's pray. Father, I do pray that you would help us this evening. Uh, Lord, I love this group of people. I pray that you would help all of us. Uh, Lord, to look into our own life. May uh, there truly be an honest assessment of where we're at. And maybe we have uh, faltered in some of these areas. I pray, God, that you would stir us challenge us. I pray that we would have more resolve. Uh, Maybe we are doing okay right now, and I pray that uh, you would help us to put up boundaries and barriers uh, to help us from being uh, led away from our own steadfastness. And so uh, help us to grow in grace. So bless now this time for Christ's sake. Amen. Back to the basics. And in our Christian life, uh, there, there isn't The Christian life is about relationship. It is all about relationship. The difference between religion uh, and uh, Christianity is Christianity is about relationship. It is about having a personal walk with Christ. A personal walk. Uh, And we want to make sure that we have that personal walk. Uh, God's love for us is unconditional. It's unconditional. Uh, There isn't anything that you can do to earn or merit God's love. He loves you whether you're doing right. God loves you whether you're doing wrong. God loves you if you are serving him, and God loves you if you're not serving him. There is nothing that we can do to make God love us anymore. But that's not the case when it comes to our relationship. If If I told Deb I love her, and then I don't talk to her for a week, Well, number one, I could never live that long. She'd kill me before that. But uh, no, there, there would be an expectation that there is in that relationship. If there's love, there will be communication. There will be a relationship. And with, with our personal uh, relationship with God, uh, the Lord, he has, he has a plan for us. And if you're saved, uh, then there's a personal responsibility for you to walk with the Lord. God's love for you is not dependent on your performance, but your relationship with him uh, is, uh, your relationship with him um, uh, is dependent, uh, it's in accordance to our practice of our faith. It is in accordance to uh, that, uh, that what we do with the Lord. Uh, and so we've got we've to know him. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Just lay some groundwork here, and then we'll get into the message. Uh, God's love is unconditional, but his presence is not unconditional. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 14. 2 Corinthians 6, 14. For those of you that, are, uh, that did grab that uh, digital, uh, that digital um, bulletin that we sent out, uh, you've already had to skip some verses. Uh, they're there, but I uh, had to jump down because of time here. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness. I don't know how many times people will say to me, God and I are just like this, as they're holding a beer, they got a cigarette hanging out of their mouth, uh, living a wicked lifestyle, and yet they have this idea that them and God are close. It's not a reality. Light does not fellowship with darkness. Say, Pastor, you're being judgmental. No, I'm just, that's what God says. Light and right, uh, light and darkness, they don't go together. Uh, and what conquered, verse 15, hath Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth 
with an infidel. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. And so, uh, what the Lord here is talking about with the sons and daughters, he is saying, not only uh, if you are a child of God, you are his, his son or his daughter. But God says, based on your life is how I am going to treat you. I will treat you as a son or a daughter based on how you live. There is an expectation that we are not living a wicked life, that we are not, uh, we are not in accordance uh, with unrighteousness. We are the temple of God. So how do we have this relationship? James 4 verse 5 says, Do you think that the scripture saith in vain that the spirit dwelleth in us to lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Uh, Lord is just saying uh, that closeness, that drawing nigh to God, uh, and the, the uh, uh, cleansing of our hands, purifying of our hearts, uh, that is part of, uh, of uh, developing that relationship. So how do we do that? How can I as a sinful individual, have a relationship with the Holy God? How can I uh, learn what God expects out of me? We're going back to basics. Number one, read your Bible. Read your Bible. Is anybody surprised that I said that? that's what God says. We need to get in the book. You know, when we get away from our Bible, we find that our faith falters. How can I think the thoughts of God if I am not knowing, hearing the thoughts of God? Prayer is God listening to us. Getting into my Bible is me listening to God. I need his word in my life. I need his influence in my life. 2 Timothy 3, verse 15 and 16. Uh, Paul said, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. All scripture is profitable. How are we going to profit in our faith? We got to get into the book. Now, we are we are so blessed I've got my phone, I've got my Bible here in my hand, I've got five more in my office, I've got some at home, I've got it on my phone, I've got it on my tablet, I've got it on my computer. Uh, we have got our Bibles, uh, it, it is so readily available to us. Yet we don't get into it. How are we going to grow? How am I going to grow in my faith if I'm not willing to open up the Bible? Do you remember when you got saved? You couldn't wait to get a Bible. You were so excited to bring your Bible to church. Now we don't even bother. It'll be up on the screen. And the word of God doesn't change whether it's on a screen 
or whether it's quoted or whether it's bound in a book, but it's God's word. And if, and if it doesn't mean anything to us, we're not going to grow. But grow in grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So why should I grow? To him be glory. And if I am created to bring God glory, then I need to be growing. Why? Because that brings God glory. So I need to get into my Bible, uh, and we need to spend time in the book. Uh, I'm not against podcasts. Uh, I listen to podcasts. I'm not against uh, devotionals. I'm not against sermons and listening to sermons. But there's something about opening up the book and getting into the Bible for yourself and letting God speak to you. The Holy Spirit of God will lead you. But you've got to get into the book. Say, Pastor, I just have a hard time reading. It's amazing. We have this thing called audible Bibles. Amen. It works. It's amazing how much Bible you can get in just driving back and forth to work. I get so much into my transit right here. So, so we need to get into the Bible. Read the Bible. Let's say that together. Read the Bible. Back to basics. Read the Bible. What's number two? What's number two? Pray. Pray. Go ahead. There we go. Pray. Back to basics. No, Pastor, I already know this. Are we doing it? Gentlemen, this is a football. It's not that they did not have academic knowledge that what it was, but they had forgotten some fundamentals and it had, it had caused them not to win, not to live to the potential that they could have been at. And as a believer, if we are going to live up to the potential, uh, we are going to grow in grace, we've got to read our Bible, we've got to pray. We've got to spend time talking to God. Pastor, I just don't know how to pray. How many of you know how to talk? Ladies, raise your hand. <laughs> uh, us guys, we even struggle with that. Uh, but uh, uh, the, the reading, the, the, <laughs> uh, the talking, uh, just talk to God like you would talk to anybody else. Yeah. Don't worry about any fancy words. Right. Don't try to impress him with your with your spiritual lingo. Lord, that guy, he's a jerk. <laughs> he knows that's what you're thinking. If that's what you're thinking, hopefully it was that good. But the Lord, he, he knows what's going on in us. We've, we've got to come to a place where we pray. Spend time with the Lord. I remember when, teen, as a teenager and I got saved, going back, to, going back to school, public school, and I remember sitting in that cafeteria and all those hundreds of teenagers that were in that cafeteria, and I remember dropping my napkin about every day, Lord bless the food, amen. And I, I was just so self-conscious about praying. It took me a little while. But finally, I would start, I would just bow my head right there, and I'd pray. People would come up and start talking to me, and I'd just keep on praying. You know, it's not always convenient. It's not always comfortable. Is every conversation with your spouse Comfortable? When there is something that there's an, just an issue that's sort of underlying that needs to be addressed, conversations get a little bit awkward. 
But until you deal with it, you talk about it, and you say yes, ma'am, and do whatever she said. <laughs> Such a slow learner, yes. You know why we don't want to come talk to God? Because there's things that we don't want to admit. There's things that we know we need to tell him about. There are things we need to say, Lord, I'm sorry. We're not careful. We'll allow our relationship with God to become non-existent because we're not willing to pray. But tonight, I'm, I want to help us grow. I want to help us grow. I want our families to grow. I want our individual lives. I want us to be able to grow in our faith. I mean, the Apostle Paul, I look at him and I think about a giant of the faith. I look at him and I just think about somebody that just knew, he always did it right. We know he didn't. But we know that uh, we, we are to pray. The Lord wants us to pray. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. That there should just be a constant relationship with God going on. I mean, while you're at work, you can still be talking to the Lord. And there are times when you've got to be so uh, focused on what's going on that you're blocking everything out. I understand that. Uh, but there, there's time. There's time when we're driving to pray. Time to be able to, to spend with the Lord. Pray without ceasing. Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Now notice here, be careful for nothing. He's talking about being anxious, being stressed. How many of you would like never to be stressed? He tells us how. Right here. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Peace, 1 Peter 5, 7. Uh, 1 Timothy uh, 2, 1 through 3, I, ex I exhort thee, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. We need to, we need to pray. There's lots to pray about. Just don't have anything to say. God just gave you a list right there. Things to be praying about. Just, just think about your family. Your family needs you to pray for them. Your friends. Your, your brothers and sisters in Christ. Bear ye one another's burdens. That supplication is, is bringing somebody else and somebody else's need before the Lord. And so uh, we need to pray. Number three. What's number three? Church. Ta -da. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You say, Pastor, we're here. Praise the Lord. But I don't want you to fall from your own steadfastness. How important is church to you? I was just talking to Brother Josh. My life. He said, well, you're the pastor. It was my life before I became a pastor. I can't imagine 
doing anything else but serving the Lord. Now, if I needed to have another job to help supplement financial uh, responsibilities, that's fine. But serving the Lord. Church is my life is wrapped around the church. You know why? Because it's the church in and through the church that God has done everything in my life. It's at the church where I got saved. It's at the church where my family got saved. It's at the church where I got baptized. It's at the church where I was discipled. It was the church uh, where I met my sweetie. The church where I got married. And it's just been the, everything good that has happened in my life has been in and through the church. Church is not perfect. But, but we serve a perfect God. The assembly of believers, we might have a believer over on this side that can't stand a believer on this side. And vice versa, Brother Stephen and Brother, you guys need to get that right tonight. The church isn't perfect, but the church is the institution that God has chosen to work through. Amen. And with that, don't think that you can go anywhere else and find what we have. Where's Brother Bill? Right there. There we go. Brother Bill and Miss Terry just traveled across the nation. How many, how many different churches did you go to? All right, how many were just like ours? One. And what we have here, we're blessed. We're blessed. It's not everywhere. Church Church is important. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. You know I was going to go there. Hebrews chapter 10. I'll hasten. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. What are those next few words? As the manner of some is. but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Now, here God is saying we're not to, we're not to forsake. God didn't say not, he didn't say don't miss. Miss and forsake, totally different connotation. What's our view of missing church? Man, it's quiet. Man, if I'm, if I'm out of church, there's a problem. Not forsaking. God doesn't want us to forsake. Uh, and we need to be in church, not just for what we get, but also for what we give. It's predicated by verse, verse number 24. Look back at verse 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. If you're not in church, you can't provoke one another. If we're not there, we're not considering one another. We're not considering the, the void that we, are, that we are creating in our absence. Our absence creates a void. Let's say that your family's all sitting down to dinner. Yeah, there's just one missing. It's all right. 
Would that be your, your thoughts? Where's that? What's going on? Why aren't they here? Be worried. You miss church. Why aren't they here? What's wrong? What's going on? You see, when we come to church, it's not just so we can get something. It's so we can give. You know, I, I have a limited capacity. I can only give so much. And there is no way for me to meet the needs of everybody here. But we have the wherewithal to meet the needs right here. We have the wherewithal to encourage. We have the wherewithal to support. We have the wherewithal to come alongside and help and strengthen. We have the wherewithal to, to edify and to teach and to mentor. These, these young people, these teenagers, these kids, they are watching. They are watching the adults to see, oh, that's what a good Christian does. We, we are to be setting that example for them. And there is so much that is caught, not just taught. Our spirit, our attitude, it makes a difference. So church, and with that, uh, there's opportunities for us uh, in the church and uh, to be able to, to give and to serve and, uh, and we need to consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. So we need to read our Bible. We need to pray. We need to go to church. What's number four? So many. The mission. The mission. When was the last time you talked to somebody about Christ? Mission. You know, we won't be able to win anybody to Christ if we don't talk to them about Christ. We need to go soul winning. And that doesn't mean Saturday. Though that is a time that we have to go soul winning. But we need to be a soul winner. We, we need to be a soul winner whether it's on a church day or a church activity day or every day. Talking to somebody about Christ is not bad news. It's good news. You know what the gospel means? Good news. Why are we afraid to share good news? Why are we, why do we feel like it's just not the right time? You know what? It's never the right time. If that becomes your natural default, You'll never talk to anybody about the Lord. How am I going to grow in grace if I don't have the same mission that the Lord has? Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So, so here we need to go soul in Acts 1.8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me. Both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria. And unto the uttermost part of the earth. Matthew 28.19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son. And of the Holy Ghost. Uh, we, we just see the great commission. Mark 16.15. he said unto them. Go, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every 
creature. And so there is an expectation that you and I are going to share uh, the good news of the gospel. Jude 21 and 20 to 23 Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And if some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. You know, people that, people are dying and going to hell. They need somebody to tell them. The man in Luke 16, he's still in hell. 2,000 years later, it doesn't change. We, we have got to share the gospel. The mission of the believer is not just to be good. We, we get to a point where we grow. Well, I'm not doing anything wrong. That's not the goal. I would rather you have a pack of cigarettes in your, uh, in your pocket and go soul winning and tell people about Christ. Now, I'm not cond- condoning cigarette smoking. I have taken people out soul winning that have had cigarettes in their pocket. Brand new believers. You know what happened? It wasn't long where they were like, huh, I got to get rid of these things. How can I tell somebody about Jesus with these in my pocket? It's amazing what God does. I didn't have to say a thing. There, There isn't this status of holiness that we have to rise up to to be able to tell somebody about Christ. There isn't a level of Bible knowledge that you have to have. How did you get saved? Well, somebody told me that I was a sinner. I deserve to go to hell. And if I had accepted Jesus as my Savior, I'd go to heaven. The pastor, that's awful simplified. It's enough. Tell me, what verses did Paul quote when he was witnessing to King Agrippa? Zero. When he was talking to Felix, what scriptures did he quote? None. I mean, you can't get saved without the Bible. The truth of God's word is truth. And if you, by faith, if you tell somebody that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for their sins, and that, that our faith in what he has already done, he would give us a gift called eternal life, we just have to receive it? That is salvation in a nutshell. We've got to be a witness. Now, with that, I go deeper into it because I want to make sure that they understand. But God wants them saved far more than we want them saved. And he would rather you tell them the little that you know about how to get saved than do nothing. Amen. Well, I'm just not sure. I don't, I don't want to send somebody to hell. They're already on their way to hell. Right. How can telling them some about salvation send them to hell? They're already condemned. We've, we have let the devil handcuff us where now we are afraid to go out and share the good news of the gospel. Well, you know, we want to make sure that they understand everything. So, so we'll give them nothing until they're able to understand everything. I'm sorry, we're not going to let you enroll in kindergarten. We're going to wait till your senior year. Where you're competent to be able to grasp. It doesn't work that way. 
We've got to give what we can, when we can. The good news, it's the great commission. It's commanded and it's commendable. The Lord says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That well done, uh, it, is, it is not just the stewardship of our finances, it is also the stewardship of our faith. So we need to read our Bible, we need to pray, we need to go to church, we need to go soul winning. What's number five? Five. Five. Malachi 3.8, will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me, but ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. So until we have given the tenth, the tithe, and given an offering, we are robbing God. Robbing God is not just the tithe. You have robbed me in tithes and offerings. Now, you can't give an offering until you've also given the tithe. So, so here, what is the tithe? Tithe is 10%. The tithe is the baseline. That's the beginning point. That's where I started. Not where I stopped. That was, this is just the bare minimum. Tell your boss you're just going to do the bare minimum and see, see how far you succeed and progress. Just tell me the least that I have to do to get by because that's all I'm going to do. Well, you're not going to, you're not going to succeed. You're not going to grow. You might not even keep the job. Tell, tell your wife, just, just tell me what I got to do. Baseline, just give me the, what's the minimum? See how that goes over, Brother Gatlin? How'd it go? Didn't work, did it? No. All right. The tithes and offerings. 10%, 12%. 15%, 20%. I talked to a man whose goal was to give 90%. Last time I talked to him, he's in heaven now, he was giving 90% of his income. He died a millionaire. I wonder, wonder why. You know why? Because give and it shall be given. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. God, God blesses. You, you reap what you sow. He that, that soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly. So, so the tithes and offerings. Uh, the tithes and the offerings have nothing to do with the need that the church has. So the church doesn't need it. Well, yes, it does. But it has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do uh, with the, the needs that the church has or does not have. It has nothing. The church could have a million dollars sitting in the bank, and my tithe should not be affected one bit. You know why? Because it's not about that. It's not about the condition of the church. It's about the condition of my heart. The Lord put it this way, for where your treasure is, Matthew 6, 21, there will your heart be also. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The kingdom of God is hindered in two ways. It comes down to manpower and money. Manpower and money. And, and with that, we, we need to make sure that we are, we are giving. And we are giving our tithes and our offerings. Second Peter 3, verse 17. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, 
Fall from your own steadfastness. You know these things. You already know them. Beware. Are we, are we doing, are we living, are we growing with what we know? Are we obeying what God has already given to us? If we're not back to the basics, either we are growing or we are backsliding. It's like a car on a hill. And you've either got forward motion or you're rolling back. And in our faith, we're in one of the two. We're either growing, abounding in the work of the Lord, or we're backsliding. Over and over again, God looked at the nation of Israel and he called them a rebellious, stiff-necked people. The prophets would come and they would call them backslidden. They had slidden back. Where are we at? Are we growing? Or have we slid back? Back to basics. Nothing that we don't know already. How's our Bible reading? How's our prayer time? How's our, what's our view towards church and the importance of church? What value, what are we adding to the body? You know, every person in the family should contribute. They should all contribute to the family unit. You know, the only ones that aren't contributing out of their effort are the babes, the babies. But they are contributing a lot of joy. You know what new Christians bring? They bring joy. It's exciting. New life. Ian, Ian was supposed to get baptized this morning. And I used the handshaking time. He was like, today's the day. And so uh, I didn't get a chance to nail him down on salvation. Uh, but our, our policy is we always have somebody talk to him, make sure they understand. Brother Christie uh, goes over, starts to talk with him, and he looks at me and he says, no, he's not there. Uh, and so he goes through and opens up the scripture. He didn't get baptized this morning, but he got saved this morning. Amen. You know, you know what that does for my soul? Well, come on now. Praise the Lord. New life. We, we, we should want to see that. Uh, soul winning. Sharing the good news of the gospel. Having an offering to give to God. Our tithes. Our offerings. These are just Basics. Gentlemen, this is a football. We've got to follow the basics of our faith. If we don't, we're going to backslide. And we will find ourselves being led away from our own steadfastness. We're not guaranteed to be a solid believer until we die. It won't happen on accident. It's going to be on purpose. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. And Lord, I uh, pray that each person will uh, receive this how I have intended it. Lord, I, I want to see everybody grow and uh, to, to enjoy the blessings that you have for them. And, and so I pray that you'd help all of us in our own faith. Personally, we all need to grow uh, in the knowledge of you. And so help us, uh, Lord, if there's some areas that we faltered in, I pray that you would stir us. I pray that we would have some fresh commitment, uh, a re, re, uh, re, revived uh, spirit about the things of God. And so work in each person, each home, each family, uh, and in our church, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. Let's stand together. We'll